0: Welcome to Play for Keeps, a presentation of Ashland New Plays Festival. This play is the property of the playwright who reserves all rights to its use. This recording is the property of Ashland New Plays Festival, Inc., which reserves all rights to its use. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: of the Bell by Gabriel Neustadt. Synopsis. Eric is a recent college graduate working as an SAT tutor to pay the bills. Tonight he arrives at the Tarzana home of one of his wealthy students, but finds that her mother, Michelle, is waiting for him instead. Her daughter, Jessica, isn't there yet, she explains, but she'll be arriving soon. However, as the conversation between them carries on, It becomes clear that Jessica is not coming at all, and that Michelle has brought Eric here for different reasons. His relationship with Jessica has become close, she explains, perhaps too close. And despite Eric's denials and explanations, Michelle trots out more and more evidence indicating that something abnormal has been going on between tutor and student. Characters.
0: Michelle, 50, female, a successful patent attorney.
2: Eric. 25, male, intelligent, and fairly handsome.
0: Setting,
1: a house within a gated community in Tarzana, California, the present. The furnishings look like they came with the place. It's hard to get a sense of the personality of whoever put them there, other than that she probably sends her kids to private school. That person now sits on the couch, reading some stapled pages and a smaller sheet, as if comparing them. Michelle... Dresses herself perfectly. Unlike the house, her clothes are simple, precise, and beautiful. Behind her, outside the house, Eric approaches the front door. He wears a raincoat over his backpack, which makes him look like he has kyphosis. His hair is soaked. Unseen, he pauses at the window, looking at Michelle on the couch, studying her for a while. Then he realizes something and mouths something like, "'Fucking fuck!' and walks off stage. Michelle continues to read and think. After a beat, Eric returns with a thick SAT prep book, its pages wet. He absolutely hates this. He rings the doorbell. Michelle puts away the papers, gets up from the couch, and opens it. The sound of a heavy rainstorm comes in. On cue, Eric snaps into a chipper attitude.
2: Hi there.
0: You're dripping. It's raining. Didn't jump in a pool? Just rain. Oh, didn't even notice. The house is so well insulated, you can't hear a thing. Right. You're soaking. What do you need? You need a towel?
2: Towel would be great. Shoes. What? Shoes off. Right. Sorry. He
0: starts taking off his shoes. Slippers? That's okay. You sure? Socks aren't wet? No. Floors cold? No, it's okay. Travertine. It's like a meat locker.
2: It'll keep me alert.
0: So you'll know when the hypothermia sets in.
1: He tries to ignore this. His shoes removed, he walks further into the room. Jacket.
2: Right. Sorry.
1: He wriggles out of his raincoat, which is awkward because it's been stretched over his bulging backpack. Meanwhile, Michelle goes into the kitchen and returns with a
0: hand towel. Towel for jacket.
2: Thanks. Jessica upstairs?
0: Oh, what else can I get you? I'm good. Something to drink. Water.
2: Water's great. Is Jessica... She texted
0: me. She's on her way here.
2: No problem.
0: How about a kind
1: bar? Michelle now has a kind bar in hand, which she's taking out of a bowl on a
0: stand by the door.
2: Um, I mean... Nuts yeah.
0: and spices. You like nuts and spices?
2: Uh, yeah, sure.
0: They gave me boxes of them, so now I try to give them away whenever I can. Literally, a truckload of kind bars was sitting in my driveway. I kid you not.
2: They're a client?
0: I help them with their patents.
2: Oh, so you're I'm uh, a... patent but- attorney. Wow, that sounds really interesting. It's astoundingly boring. Uh, well, anyway, it sounds important. It's not.
0: Eric tears open the wrapper. So, how's it going with Jessica?
2: Well, I think it's going well.
0: You think she'll be ready for October?
2: I think if she really commits to an hour a day, she'll be fine. That's difficult. I know.
0: She has so many extracurriculars. I
2: know. So what I like to tell people is that just for this month, she and should... And APs. Right. Yeah, so just for this month, she should— You can't teach her any strategies? I have, but she has to, you know, she has to practice consistently, like a sport.
0: And you've told her this?
2: Yeah, I said it's just like volleyball.
0: Just like volleyball.
2: Right, and she knows that if she wants to get better at volleyball, she's got to practice, just like if she wants to get better at SAT math, she's got to practice.
0: Fascinating analogy you've drawn there.
2: Well, it's it's really just common sense.
0: No kidding. Eric bites his kind bar
1: too hard, causing the almonds to splinter and spray all over the floor— Almost
0: explosively. Dear God, you've shattered your kind bar.
2: Oh jeez, I'm so no sorry. No worries at all. I'm really sorry. I'm such a... I'll cl- have another one. No, really, it's fine. Nuts
0: and spices, Eric, nuts and spices. It's... They're in the bowl.
1: Eric goes over to the bowl and fishes out another kind bar. Michelle has a dustbuster and is about to vacuum up the pieces.
2: Let me do it. Don't be silly. No, really. It's fine. I made the mess. It's
1: my dustbuster, and it's my floor. I
2: know, but. She
1: cuts I... him off by turning on the dustbuster. Then she vacuums up the pieces. Eric stands there awkwardly. She finishes.
2: Hunky dory. Again, I'm sorry.
0: What were we talking about? Right, Jessica. And you were saying she needs to practice, and I was saying her schedule's a nightmare, and you were saying, but still. And then the bar was torn asunder, and now we're
2: here. When did she say she'd be here? I texted her. She'll be here soon. Maybe you could text her again? I don't want her to text and drive. Doesn't she have hands free?
0: She'll be here soon. Okay. This gives us a chance to talk. Debrief. Exactly.
2: But seriously, if you want to reschedule, it's You know it's how no traffic
0: bit- is. There's probably a wreck on the highway or
2: something. I'm sure she's not in a wreck.
0: No, 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 no. She's a, a very safe driver, unless...
2: Unless someone hit her.
0: Yes, I suppose that could have happened.
2: I don't know why I said that. <sighs> it's okay. I'm so sorry. Fine. No, no, really, I'm sorry. It's just sometimes I get carried away Her and... first
0: choice is Yale. Wh- what? Her f- first choice for college is Yale.
2: Sorry, how is that related I'm to... I'm changing the subject. What? What
0: do you think of Yale?
2: It's a good school.
0: It is a good school. Yeah. Do you think she'll get in?
2: Well, it's always a crapshoot with the Ivies.
0: So you don't think she'll get in?
2: Well, I mean... No. Not necessarily. I you just. You got into Yale? Right.
0: You got into a lot of schools.
2: Yeah, I guess.
0: So do you think Jessica has what it
2: takes? Absolutely. Excellent. But like I said, it's a crapshoot.
0: Eric, I'm asking for your professional opinion about my daughter.
2: I think maybe the best person to assess that would be her college counselor.
0: Jessica's college counselor has the IQ of a mule. Oh. There were three college counselors, and two were superb, and one was shit, and we got the shitter.
2: That's not good. No, it is not. So you can see the predicament we're in. Maybe you could ask to switch college counselors. Yeah,
0: <laughs> You would think so, Eric. You would think that with that kind of tuition, the school would let you have your pick of college counselors. But it turns out that there's a cabal, a cabal of wicked parents who snap up Mrs. Jennings and Mr. Delacarpio three years in advance and leave the rest of us greenhorns to rot in the doghouse with Mrs. Von Hausman. Okay. I truly hate that woman.
2: Yeah, she sounds really bad.
0: Fräulein von Hausmann, the trilobite of Tarzana. She thought Princeton had a law school. Yikes. I'd never wish suffering upon anyone, but if Mrs. von Hausmann happened to say, break her arm, and it hurt really, really bad, I can't say that I wouldn't be somewhat pleased, assuming she had health insurance. Of course. No health insurance would curdle the schadenfreude.
2: Unquestionably.
0: Or maybe if she broke her pelvis and had to get one of those full-body casts. That would be good, too. So if there's some way that you could help us with the admissions
2: process— I'm really just an SAT tutor. Of course. I'm not a college counselor. Just a
0: humble SAT
3: tutor. Pretty much. What do you actually do again?
2: Um. Well, I— Kind of do freelance video.
3: Oh, so you're a filmmaker. Well,
2: I mean, Came out to
0: L.A. for the bright lights and beautiful women.
2: I'm just kind of exploring my options right now.
0: Eric, the intrepid explorer of options. Yeah. And then one day, I'll see your name up on a billboard. Well, Avengers uh, Part 37, directed by Eric.
2: Something like that.
0: I'm sure this job gives you so many ideas. You must get to meet so many different kinds of families.
2: You meet some characters.
0: Crackpots like me who force snack bars on you.
2: Sometimes I tell people I'm doing a screenplay about an SAT tutor who becomes a hitman for the mob, and it's called Process of Elimination.
0: Well, someone's got a Mormon imagination on him, doesn't
2: he? No, I—
0: First Jessica dies in a car crash, and now you're fantasizing about whacking people for Tony Soprano.
2: I didn't say she died. Giving people
0: I... Spanish neckties and such.
2: Colombian neckties. What? Colombian neckties where they slit the throat and like...
0: Ah, you're you're the expert.
2: Jesus, I cannot stop putting my foot in my mouth.
0: It's okay. It's part of your charm. I'm sure that's why Jessica likes you. Right. So, let's talk about Jessica. Sure. We think she'll be ready for October. If she practices. She practices, and we think she's Yale qualified. Well... But it's all a crapshoot.
2: And she's got to get her scores up. Which she will. If... Hard work, hard work, sweat and blood. She really needs to study, and even then... No
0: guarantees.
2: Ultimately, it's an aptitude test.
0: But you said she has the aptitude.
2: Jessica is one of the hardest workers I've ever met.
0: But does she have the aptitude? That's the question.
2: We'll find out in October.
0: And you're sure there aren't any more strategies you can teach her? Test-taking strategies? If
2: I knew them, I'd given them to her.
0: Of course. Stupid question. If there were a magic bullet, then everyone would be getting 1600s. Exactly. She just gets bad test anxiety. I know. So maybe you could talk to her about that. Give her some tips on easing her anxiety.
2: Yeah. Sure, definitely.
0: Because it's one thing when I try to give her the talk, but when it comes from you... Of course.
2: We're closer in age, it's easier to... She really likes
0: working
3: with you. She likes it a lot.
2: Well, thank you. That's really nice to hear.
3: She says sometimes you berate her. Berate her? Yeah, she says sometimes you berate her. She can't possibly say that. I'm afraid she does. Oh
2: my god, that... Really?
3: Per- perhaps she's misinterpreting your
0: words of encouragement as words of criticism?
2: Whatever it is, I'll absolutely talk to her. I-, I mean, I never want my kids to think of me like that.
0: She's my kid, not yours.
2: I know, but I just call my students my kids. I don't know why, it's just... Understood. But that's just inexcusable on my part, that anything I'd say would even have the slightest chance of being misconstrued as, you you know, I mean as... I
0: excuse you.
2: God, how embarrassing. I'm, I'm sorry.
0: What sort of things have you said that might be construed as berating her?
2: I really don't know.
0: Maybe she's a little intimidated by you.
2: Why would she be intimidated?
0: Come on, magna cum laude from Yale, ace your SATs. You're learned, bright, witty, good-looking. Eric makes a sort of nonverbal reply. I mean, you are. Well... It can have an effect on people, particularly teenage girls.
2: I don't know what to say. I'm so sorry. I think
0: particularly it's on the math section.
2: The math section?
0: Yes. When she doesn't grasp the solution right away, I think she feels sometimes you snap at her if it doesn't click.
2: Okay. I... Jeez. I... uh, You know... Michelle, to be perfectly honest with you, maybe I can be impatient with my students sometimes. It's sometimes I forget they're only in high school and they haven't seen this stuff before.
0: The SAT can be tricky. It
2: can be tricky. In fact, it purposefully tricks you.
0: Purposefully.
2: It's not about knowing the math. It's about applying the math you know to problems you've never seen before.
0: Creativity under pressure. Working
2: backwards from what you need to what you have.
0: Making conjectures. Trusting
2: your gut. Seeing
0: clues and patterns. And then
2: taking a stab.
0: Leaping into the epistemological abyss. Exactly. But why, why does the college board have to be such jackasses about it? Can't they just test the children on what they know? On what they've worked
2: so hard to learn? They're trying to separate the wheat from the chaff.
0: And would you say that Jessica
3: is wheat or chaff?
2: obviously wheat, but...
3: But what? I don't know. What? I don't know. Were you going to say that within the wheat, there are higher
0: and lower gradations of wheat so that one might even say that within the wheat there might still be chaff?
2: Um...
0: Virgin olive oil and then extra virgin olive oil and then Newman's own extra virgin and finally Dean and DeLuca. Eric takes a beat too long to figure out how to respond. So a I suppose what I find frustrating about all this is that you and Jessica have been working together for three months, and she does everything you tell her to do, and she completes all the practice questions, and she studies her missed answers and takes so, 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 so many practice tests, and still she cannot improve.
2: But she has improved.
0: Not enough. Not enough for Yale. Eric, I am not upset that you chose to snap at her. I'm upset that Jessica needed to be snapped at in the first place, that she, she's sunk to that level of achievement. She hasn't sunk. Or underachievement, that she has certain deficiencies that would compel anyone to snap at her at all.
2: It was a mistake.
0: No, it wasn't, Eric. You are not at fault. Maybe you found yourself in a tiff those days. Maybe a a script was frustrating you, but still it was Jessica's inability to solve the problems she needed to solve that evoked a response over and over again. And so despite what you say about her being qualified, your behavior suggests that she's not. It confirms my fears about her abilities. You have
2: absolutely nothing to fear about her abilities.
0: I'm just trying to find out the truth. Okay. You don't need to sell your credentials to me. Okay. But you don't have to sell my daughters to me either. An awkward pause.
1: Eric just nods his head.
0: So, you know what it takes to get into these schools. Do you think she has what it takes?
2: I know you want a yes or no answer, but let me just explain for a minute. Fine. There's a bell curve. A bell curve. Yeah, and everyone's on the bell curve. I know
0: how... Bell curves work.
2: Okay. And so, well, you know how the bell curve has tails. Uh-huh. And the tails, they technically go on to infinity.
0: To infinity. In
2: theory, which isn't really relevant, but... Got it. And, and you can just keep dividing and subdividing and subdividing these tails again and again and again, outliers of outliers. And at some point, the differences between the data points become negligible. I see. And so that's what we're talking about. The kids applying to these schools, it's a truncated sample.
0: That damned Tail.
2: As much as we all want to be there, the tail can only be so thick, and you can only fit in so many data points, so so that that's the bell curve.
0: And where along that bell curve is my daughter? Where is her data point?
2: Very close to the tail.
0: A painful silence. They both do
1: nothing for a moment. Eventually, Eric stares at his wet socks on the travertine floor. Michelle looks like she might cry. I
0: forgot to give you water. It's...
1: She goes into the kitchen. Eric stares at his watch, mutters, Jesus Christ, under his breath. He checks his phone, looks around the room. His eyes fall on the bowl of kind bars. He goes over to it, takes a handful, and puts them in his backpack. He walks around some more. Michelle returns with a bottle of water and gives it to him. She definitely looks like she was crying. Thanks.
0: Did you know she had a photographic memory? What? Until the age of six, and then she lost it. I could read her Cyrus the Sea Serpent, and she'd recite it back to me word for word.
2: That's amazing. And
0: then she lost the gift like that. But I suppose she turned out all right. Maybe not a genius, maybe not Yale material, but she's a good kid.
2: Was it just that book? No, no,
0: no. Where the Wild Things Are, Stella Luna... Somebody loves you, Mr. Hatch. You know, the one about the fish with the shiny scales? She skipped
3: fifth grade. Wow.
1: The conversation stalls. Eric expects her to pick it back up, but she doesn't.
2: Look, if you want the truth, the truth is that the IVs are good if you want to go into finance and consulting. Maybe law school, but if you want to be a doctor or an engineer or go to grad school, you might as well... Go to a state school and get all A's.
0: I went to a state school?
2: You know what I mean. Believe me, I work with so many screw-ups. Kids who don't deserve half the chances they've gotten in life. You are so lucky to have her.
0: You're comparing her to screw-ups?
2: All I'm saying is that she's going to be fine.
0: She doesn't want to be fine. She wants to be brilliant. I know you don't believe me, but this isn't some living vicariously through my daughter's achievements kind of thing. If she didn't want this, I wouldn't want it either. But when your child is ambitious, you become ambitious for them. Particularly when you were so ambitious yourself.
2: She's got a lot to live up to.
0: No, that's not what I'm talking about. I I wanted things. I failed. I'm not going to let Jessica go through that too.
2: I don't... Hold on. You're this really successful lawyer. What do you mean you failed?
0: I failed. I didn't want to become a lawyer. That's not what I wanted to be.
2: Well, what did you want to be?
0: Nothing. Not, I don't know. What? It's irrelevant.
2: No, come on, what? It doesn't
0: matter. What? An astrobiologist. What? An astrobiologist. It's a scientist who studies possible origins of life in the solar system.
2: What do you, what do you mean, like aliens?
0: No, what are you, 12? I'm talking about bacteria. But
2: on other planets. Correct. So like alien bacteria. My
0: point is that it's a highly competitive field. There's probably 12 of these people on the planet who are gainfully employed. Why do you find this so amusing? No,
2: no, no, no. I mean, it's it's just like surprising because I, I didn't know that that was a thing. It's
0: a subfield of biochemistry. Gunther Wachter Schauser is probably the most famous one. Who? Gunther Wachter Schauser. He proposed the iron-sulfur world hypothesis. My dissertation was going to assess the potential for life on Europa using his framework.
2: You went to grad school?
0: I flunked out. Well, technically I got A's, but in that field you're either brilliant or you're nothing. So, thank God for patents. A sad silence. Eric feels kind of bad for her. It's the hydrothermal vents. That's... A smoking gun. If you can detect hydrothermal vents on Europa, then the conditions are almost certain to produce life. Pressurized flow of water, dissolved volcanic gases. The flow passes over iron and nickel sulfide to get peptides. It happened down here, it can happen out there.
2: It's still possible. What is? Becoming an astrobiologist. <gasps>
0: Don't say things you don't mean, Eric. It's unbecoming. So, that's why you're here. Jessica's dream is Yale. That's where we gotta get her.
2: What if she doesn't get in?
3: Then I kill you. What? I'm kidding. Right. Or am I? No, really. I'm I'm kidding. I think. Oh,
0: such a serious boy you are. If she doesn't get in, she doesn't get in. Does the world end? She is a a lovely girl, smart, beautiful. Shouldn't we be thankful for that?
2: Absolutely. Smart
0: and beautiful. I know as a parent you want your child to be successful first and foremost, but it doesn't hurt when they're good looking too. Your mother must know what that's like.
2: You'd have to ask her.
0: Jessica has an elegant beauty about her, an effortless beauty. She's sweet in a particular kind of way. Yeah. What's that? You were saying... So you agree.
2: I think she's a great kid.
0: It's the combination of her looks and her confessional attitude. That vulnerability and insecurity and her willingness to admit that about herself. Well, my legs are tired. We should sit down.
1: Eric looks at her. She motions to the armchair and sofa around the coffee table. They sit. Eric winces as he does. You all right?
2: Yeah, it's nothing.
0: Those chairs are too expensive to be uncomfortable.
2: No, it's just... I bruised my tailbone a couple of weeks ago, so... I see. Actually, I...
1: He takes out an inflatable donut cushion, the kind used
0: for tailbone injuries or hemorrhoids. Ah, the pesky coccyx. Purely vestigial, our own little built-in torture device.
2: I thought that was the brain.
0: Oh, Eric the Tudor's famous wit finally surfaces. Jessica has been warning me. Right, has she pleaded with you yet?
2: Uh, I don't... Oh, she has, hasn't she? No, I don't think oh, so. Oh, you've
0: fallen victim to her. I can see it. That's the look of someone who's fallen under Jessica's spell. She's had her way with you.
2: Wait, what, do you, what oh,
0: are you... Oh, Eric, I have so much homework, I don't know what to do. Irresistible little ball of angst and ennui. I mean... Eric, I don't know what to do! Don't worry, she's been using that shtick since she was three. It saved her at least a point on her GPA.
2: Whatever it takes.
0: <laughs> That's right. Whatever it takes. And I've never met a soul who's been able to resist it. Not a soul. Except that knuckle-dragger von Hausmann.
1: Eric goes along with that and smiles. They fall into an awkward
3: pause. So, do you think you're a good tutor? Pretty good. You earn your
0: 85-an-hour fair and square.
2: I'd like to think so.
0: Although you raised it from 60 last year.
2: How did you know?
0: Parental grapevine. It goes around.
2: I had to get off my parents' insurance, so... Supply
0: and demand. Yeah. And you're in demand. Yep. Eric the Tudor, hot off the Ivy League presses, selling like hotcakes. Hopefully
2: not for much longer.
0: Not when Avengers 37 needs a director. Jessica was so excited when she heard you went to Yale. She said it was like meeting Albus Dumbledore. (laughs) Okay. She kept going on about... Some class you took?
2: Yeah, my freshman seminar.
0: You have no idea what it means to her, spending time with a bona fide Yaley.
2: We're people, too.
0: Toughing it out up there in that bedroom that reeks of perfume. Believe it or
2: not, I've had worse.
0: But hers is truly noxious, though, isn't it? That noxious, licoricey smell of teenage girl perfume. Oh, fucking Ed Hardy perfume. I feel, I feel like I need a gas mask just to walk in there. I don't know how you can stand it.
2: You develop a tolerance. For hours. I know, it... It, like, gets in my clothes. Oh, really? Yeah, and, like, under my fingernails. I can smell it in the car when I'm driving home.
0: I think she puts on a little extra the days you come.
2: Chemical warfare.
0: Oh, that's one way to look at it.
2: Uh, so do you have any idea when she might be getting here?
0: She's coming. I don't know why she's not calling me back.
2: Maybe your phone died.
0: No. She's ignoring me. She's ignoring me. Or she's been kidnapped.
2: Maybe we should just cancel her. No, she's on her way. I know, it's just that you keep saying that and...
0: And so she'll be here. It's fine, it's nothing. I have you for two hours. If you only get an hour with her, I'll still pay you for two. Thank you. No need for false gratitude. That's just what doing business in good faith means.
2: Still, thank you.
0: Was it strange that I friended you on Facebook?
2: Uh, what does that It just occurred
0: to me. I I hope that wasn't strange or inappropriate.
2: I mean, it's a little unusual, but it's happened before.
0: Chalked it up to middle-aged parentism. Yeah. I suppose the reason I'm asking you now is because I noticed you were Facebook friends with Jessica.
2: Yeah. She friended me. When? I don't really remember.
0: Do many of your students friend you on Facebook? Some of them do. And you accept?
2: Yeah. It's not really a big deal.
0: But you don't remember when you accepted Jessica's friend request?
2: No. Why?
0: Could it have been the week I wasn't here when you came to the house and taught her alone?
2: I really don't recall. Okay. Is there a reason you're asking me this? No. I just feel like you keep bringing it up. Bringing what up? Making some kind of implication.
0: What implication?
2: I don't... I don't know, but I, I think it would be best if we could just clear that up now.
1: Michelle shrugs. A pause. Eric takes a sip of water.
0: She said she ran into you at the grove the other day.
1: Eric finishes his sip of water.
2: Yeah, that was a funny coincidence.
0: She said you got ice cream together.
2: Uh, well, no, not exactly. No? No.
0: But she said you got ice cream.
2: Well, I was in line, and I saw her. And she was in line. She said she was getting ice cream, too, so we talked for a bit.
0: So you got ice cream together?
2: Yeah, but not intentionally.
0: It seems intentional.
2: It was a complete coincidence.
0: Do you generally go to the mall alone? I don't know. When you go to the mall alone, do you generally get ice cream? No. So this wasn't intentional?
2: I don't see why getting ice cream alone is such a big deal.
0: I guess I just always thought that getting ice cream was something you do with someone else. Something friends do, or couples.
2: I guess this time it was just a coincidence.
0: Coincidence. A coincidence in which you and Jessica were both at the Grove at the same time and both independently decided to get ice cream. That kind of coincidence.
2: I've heard of Far Stranger.
0: Me too. Although I still find this one strange. And why is that? Jessica doesn't eat ice cream. In fact, Jessica is violently lactose intolerant. So I find it strange that Jessica would have found herself inside an ice cream parlor at all without some other reason to go there.
1: A very tense pause.
2: Well, now that I think about it, that was a vegan ice cream shop. Was it now? Indeed it was. I think I should be going.
1: He stands up and grabs his backpack. Still strange, though. Still strange.
2: I don't think it's strange at all. No? No. In fact, it might even be probable. Probable. Sure. Sure. Here's Jessica, walking around the grove, thinking about all the things she needs to buy, when all of a sudden she sees this sign for Dante's vegan ice cream. What do you know? I've been dying for ice cream my whole life, but my violent lactose intolerance has prohibited me from enjoying it. I think I'll go to Dante's.
0: You certainly have an uncanny ability to empathize with my daughter. Well,
2: you know me. I'm an empathetic guy.
3: Did you sleep with her?
2: Oh my god. Oh, my God. That is so wildly inappropriate. You're not
0: answering my question. Absolutely
2: not. Absolutely not. That's better.
3: Jesus Christ, I... Oh, my God.
2: I don't know what... To... Jesus.
3: He makes a half turn toward the door.
1: I
0: wouldn't go if I were you.
2: If we're going to take this any farther, I think I should have a lawyer with me.
0: Why? Did you do something wrong?
2: It's certainly being implied so.
0: He turns again. I really wouldn't leave if I were you.
2: And why in God's name not?
0: Because we haven't cleared things up. And if we haven't cleared things up, then what do you think I should say to the parents of Jessica's friends? The parents with whom I put you in touch. Okay,
2: hold on. The fo- uh,
0: Who form the backbone of your livelihood here in Los Angeles. I'm just asking you from the perspective of a concerned parent, Michelle, would I not have a responsibility to tell them that their children's tutor might have a thing for sleeping with teenagers?
2: You can't do that. You, Especially
0: you, in a small town like Hollywood where news travels quick.
2: There's absolutely nothing to warn anyone about. With the
0: possibility that my daughter— No,
2: nothing happened with your daughter. Let me
0: finish, and then you can interrupt me. What I was going to say is that there are several possibilities here, and I have to assign each of them a probability. One of those probabilities is that nothing happened. And that I'm simply paranoid. And the other is that something did happen. And I'm simply trying to decide which probability I should assign the latter. Zero. She says sometimes you look at her. What? She says sometimes you look at her and it makes her uncomfortable.
2: That's ridiculous. That's what she said. Look at her how? She
0: just says sometimes you look at her. But if you'd let me explain for a moment, perhaps you'd like to hear what I think might have happened. This should be rich. Listen, and you can decide for yourself. Okay. Fine. Jessica feels that you're not empathetic. She feels that you assign too much homework, that you're harsh, that you chastise and bully her, that you insult her intelligence. But within her little teenage brain that's roiling with hormones, she miraculously concludes, no, that doesn't make him an asshole. It simply means I'm unworthy. And this cycle repeats and reinforces itself over and over again until young Jessica becomes obsessed with gaining your favors in ways you don't understand because you're not a teenage girl. But nonetheless, she misconstrues your behavior on multiple levels because at the same time, you, as a lumbering man, respond to certain anatomical stimuli involuntarily, physiologically. And she, being a woman, Sees those responses. And one day, a stray knee brushes against the other under the table. Then a forearm, all accidental, and the cycle continues, and thoughts begin to replicate, and fantasies arise from the subconscious. And one day, one day, when mother is out of town, when the cycle has produced such staggeringly complex webs of thought and emotion that you don't know how much longer you can take it,
3: it happens. That's my
2: hypothesis. I have to go to the bathroom?
1: Be my guest. Eric walks past her into the hallway bathroom and shuts the door. After a pause, Michelle walks over to Eric's backpack, slumped over by the couch, and begins rifling through it. She takes out a folder, goes through the pages. Not what she was looking for. She takes out his laptop, opens it quickly to see what he last had up. No dice. Then she finds the pilfered kind bars. thinks. She goes over to the bowl and dumps the rest of the bars into his backpack. She zips it up and replaces it by the couch and stands just before Eric marches back into the room. He looks less frazzled,
0: but not by much.
2: You might be good at sussing out signs of life on Europa, but in this particular case, you couldn't be more off-target.
0: You had to pace around the bathroom for five minutes to come up with that.
2: What are you talking about?
0: You didn't flush. You were just standing there.
2: I... It's okay.
0: We all need a bathroom breather once in a while. But to your previous point, Eric, I have other data from which I can make a judgment. Like what? For example, your Facebook profile.
2: My Facebook profile? Yes. My Facebook profile makes me look like I'm a Mormon.
0: I agree. It's squeaky clean. Thank you. Except for one part. The part that lists your favorite films as American Beauty and Manhattan.
2: You can't be serious. I'm
0: pretty serious.
2: I don't even remember when. That was That was high school. But aren't those your favorite movies? I was being a pretentious film geek. I don't even know those were still on there.
0: But those are your favorite movies.
2: It's a coincidence. Another coincidence.
0: A coincidence in which your two favorite movies both involve older men sleeping with minors. It's
2: a coincidence. I think
0: we're past coincidences Eric. Fine,
2: fine. I guess when I was in high school, I found those subjects... Intellectually interesting.
0: You found the subjects intellectually interesting.
2: Yes, because I was a pretentious high schooler with bad hair and acne and a shallow interest in Freud and Nietzsche.
0: But don't our intellectual and emotional interests overlap? Surely Isaac Newton loved math. Surely on some level there was an emotional connection there.
2: I don't think Isaac Newton wanted to make love to numbers. That's terrible logic. Why
0: is it terrible?
2: Nobokov wasn't a pedophile. Woody Allen is. No, he's not.
3: Didn't he marry his stepdaughter? She wasn't
2: legally his stepdaughter, and it was not... Jesus, this... This is why she's not here. This is it. You wanted to ambush me. It's not an ambush. Oh, sure. I'm not ambushing
0: you. I'm asking you questions.
2: Really? Just before she pulls into the driveway.
0: I needed to know. You had her
2: go somewhere. You cleared the house. This is so obviously contrived. Didn't contrive it. Come on. Where the hell is she?
3: I don't know where she is. I don't know. And so you and I are going to sit here until we figure it out. Until I get a straight answer from you. He almost feels bad for her, instinctively. Now. What was I asking you?
0: Right. Why did you find those themes in those movies intellectually interesting?
2: I don't have to tell you.
0: You're taking the we We're not
2: in L.A. County court. No,
0: we're in the court of Michelle, the inquisitive parent. Now, why did you find those themes intellectually interesting? Eric, I have to decide whether I should call the police, and silence isn't helping your case.
2: You're bluffing. She's 18. They wouldn't even look into it.
0: You're shivering. What? I said you're shivering. In fact, Eric is
1: indeed shivering. He looks down at his wet socks on the floor. you sure you don't want some slippers? Fine. She crosses to the coat closet.
2: Coffee?
0: Tea? Something to eat? No. I'll whip up something.
1: As she crosses to the kitchen, she tosses him a pair of fuzzy pink slippers. You can use mine. I've got big feet. Thanks. She exits. Eric clumsily peels off his wet socks and looks around, wondering what to do with them. He decides to stick them in his shoes by the door. Then he dries his feet with the hand towel. He pulls on the pink slippers. Tight, but they'll work. He returns to the couch and collapses on it. He sits back up, formulating a strategy. Michelle returns with a tray of baby carrots, sliced apples, and green fizzy liquid. Dig in. A little taken aback, Eric takes a carrot and eats it. He eats another. Then another. She watches him eat. There's something maternal about this. Excited about the rams? He looks up at her.
2: No... No, we're not having that conversation. Not with what you're doing. It's not like this is some kind of...
1: Michelle eats a carrot. Eric shakes his head, and they return to silent eating, the carrots making awkwardly crunchy sounds.
0: After a while...
3: These are very good.
0: Farmer's Market.
2: What's
3: the beverage?
0: Celery soda. Surprisingly
1: delish. He makes another nonverbal sound of approval. They eat in
0: silence. I'm sorry. I think maybe I took the wrong approach with everything. You think? I shouldn't have acted so litigiously, so accusatory, whatever the adverbial form of accusatory is, accusatorily. The point is, I don't really care if the two of you did it. Excuse me? I don't really care. Like you said, her birthday was July 15th. She's past the age of consent. She's got better judgment than most women twice her age. And you, Yale-educated, good health, clean record, wannabe filmmaker. You're perfect for her.
2: How do you know I have a clean record?
0: I run background checks on all of Jessica's tutors.
2: There's other tutors?
0: One for each subject. You don't understand. Parents worry. I know she's probably fine. I know she's probably at her friend Crystal's house. You're
2: probably right. Crystal
0: the slut. You know, she already had an abortion. Did she now? I can only say that I wish I'd taken out a bet on that one. It's a cliche to comment on how a girl dresses, but uh, take a look. I believe you. That's what you call telegraphing your intentions. Mm. Like a billboard around her neck. Mm -hmm. Very low around her neck.
2: My sister, she... Your
0: sister had an abortion?
2: What? No. I was talking about how she dresses suggestively. And you
0: can't stand
3: it.
2: I... You know what? We shouldn't be talking like this. It's slut-shaming. It's what? Slut shaming. I know. No, but that's bad. What's bad? Slut shaming.
0: I know I'm shaming her.
2: No, but like the whole point is that it's bad to shame someone for being a slut.
0: But sluts are shameful.
2: No, they're... Well, when did
0: that change?
2: I don't know. There's lots of articles written about it.
0: There are a lot of articles written about Kim Kardashian's anus.
2: Yeah, but this is like a real thing.
0: What's next? Discriminating against dumbasses?
2: It's actually a feminist thing.
0: A feminist thing? Yeah. You sound completely insane right now.
2: People are actually very serious about it. You're
0: lecturing me on feminism. That's rich. I don't even
2: know why we're having this conversation. Because
0: we can't help it. Because we enjoy each other's company.
2: Any sense of shared feeling with you went straight out the window the moment you decided to slander me. It's not slander if it's true, it's false.
0: We'll see. But regardless, the sense of shared feeling never leaves, even in the worst moments. You just have to know where to look for it.
2: I apologize, really. I'm sorry. You are undoubtedly the most whacked-out parent I have ever had to deal with. Fair enough. There's no comparison. Our problem is that we've homeschooled Yvette for ten years, but we forgot to teach her addition. I'm so sorry, Eric, but Willow isn't coming out from under her bed today. We'll have to cancel. It's okay, Danny. You don't have to go to private school. You can just buy a gun and go to Fairfax High.
0: Am I your last client of the day?
2: No. I have one after you. Cancel it. I can't cancel. Cancel it. Why? Because
0: we have work to do. We're not done yet, so cancel
2: it. I'm not canceling a lesson an hour before it starts. It's unprofessional. I'll pay
0: you a bonus. As much as you want. Cancel it.
1: A
2: thousand dollars. Fine. Really?
1: Cancel it. Scowling at her, he takes out his phone, dials, waits for the pickup. As soon as it happens, he snaps into his phony chipper client voice, which we saw at the beginning.
2: Hi! April, how are you? Great. Listen, you're not going to believe this. It's, it's insane, but I just got a call from the maid who's finishing up at my apartment, and apparently she locked herself in the bathroom. Ex- exactly. The, the doorknob, when she was finished in the bathroom, she yanked the doorknob, and it came right off, and now she can't get out. Well, well... That's what happens with these old apartments that were built in like the twenties. The the doorknobs and the metal rods inside the doorknobs get worn down over years, and if you yank them too hard, they just they just come right off. I, I've been stuck in there for hours. I, I, exactly, one of those Spanish style buildings with the four units. Uh but but so anyway, I'm on my way home to let her out, and I'm just afraid that with all the traffic. Are you sure? Really? You're sure? Okay. Well, thank you so much, April. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm so sorry about this. We'll figure out a time to reschedule. Uh, <laughs> thank you again. Okay. Bye.
1: He hangs up.
0: Michelle is flabbergasted. A doorknob?
2: April Solomon is on the board of the Art Deco Society of Los Angeles.
0: You made that up on the spot?
2: I found that the more outlandish the excuse, the more likely they are to believe it.
0: You're a stupendous liar. Thank you. Really excellent stuff. The tone of voice. Thanks. I'm not giving you a thousand dollars. Oh, for Christ. I'm sorry, but really, the phony chipperness is just spot on. Well done.
2: What are you talking about?
0: You know what I'm talking about. The phony Tarzana chipperness. You would not believe. Oh, how great. Oh, my God. That's wonderful. Isn't that sweet? God, it's Awful. I know. Got it. That phony Tarzanitrypinist that hangs in the air like sulfur, addling the brain. The valley does something to you, Eric. It sucks out your soul and bakes it into a toll house cookie. Is mediocritize a word?
2: I don't think so. But that's
0: what the valley does. It mediocritizes you. It buries you in the big, fat middle of the bell curve. Look at me. I was well on my way toward finding life on Europa, and now I'm a lawyer for a hipster candy bar company. My sister has an electrical engineering degree, and she runs a real estate business out of her garage called My Nice Broker.
2: My Nice Broker? Great
0: buys in the valley from My Nice Broker.
2: Your sister's an idiot.
0: Oh, how I know. Lost in the jungles of Tarzana long ago. My Nice Broker. As opposed to what? My shit-for-brains broker? My my broker, the screaming racist? How about you crack open a fucking thesaurus, Daisy? There's 300 synonyms for nice, and you pick nice.
2: My adept broker. My
0: stupendous broker. Now, there's an eye-catcher. My stupendous broker with stupendous in big purple puffy letters. My stupendous broker.
2: This seems like it's really... For her
0: birthday last year, I gave her a thesaurus, and I flagged the entry for nice, and I highlighted all the synonyms.
2: What did she say? <laughs>
0: She bought me a thesaurus and flagged the entry for bitch and highlighted all the synonyms. Thank God Jessica doesn't have a sister.
3: You really don't know where she is, do you?
2: No, I really don't.
3: She wore her green gingham
0: dress today. Not the pink, not the yellow, not the blue. Green. Like a walking picnic. I think sometimes she suffers from cabin fever. She's got an independent streak. Ever seen the way she holds her pencil?
1: Yeah. Like this. Demonstrates with the straw from her celery soda, twisting
0: her fingers around it in a grotesque, almost double-jointed way. Like a Neanderthal. Her first grade teacher was so freaked out, she called me and Cliff in for a parent-teacher conference. But Jessica would not change. She does what she wants, and she did what she wanted.
2: What happened to Cliff? We divorced. Why?
0: Because he was boring. They do nothing for a moment. And he's the one who dragged me all the way down to bumblefuck Tarzana, so the least I could do is get back at him for it. You know what the real problem is with this place? The winding roads. Roads aren't supposed to wind like this. It's not like we're on the side of a mountain. That's why it seems so fake. The reason they do it... Is so that you don't have to look at your neighbors. Everybody gets their own little peninsula. That's why you pay the big bucks. That's the dream.
2: If you hate it so much, why don't you just leave?
1: She considers what to say, but decides she doesn't want to say anything.
0: That's not what we're here to discover, is it? We've got to get to the bottom of something else entirely. Sound good to you?
2: Apparently I'm your hostage, so I might as well try and be helpful.
0: That is one of your many winning qualities, Eric. You always try to help people. Now, she was supposed to be coming home from school. She had an after-school meeting of the Young Republicans' executive committee, and then it was off to volleyball practice. No, that's wrong. Wednesdays, she has junior exchange. Jessica's in the
2: Young Republicans?
0: Why, why do you look surprised?
2: I don't know. She's not exactly their target demographic.
0: You think she wouldn't join the Young Republicans because she's a woman? No.
2: I think she wouldn't join the young republicans because she hangs out with the theater kids.
0: She doesn't hang out with the theater kids. She just stars in the musical. Okay,
2: just keep going.
0: So, it was the republicans and then volleyball and then straight home. Except
2: she didn't come straight home. No,
0: she did not.
2: Can you think of anything that might have made her want to avoid you?
3: You could say we had a fight. About what? Michelle opens the
1: drawer in the coffee table and takes out the scrap of paper she was reading at the beginning.
0: I guess it would be this. A poem. Actually, I found it on the floor of her room. She must have copied it down. The Mock Song by John Wilmot, Earl of Rochester, 1680. She looks to Eric for a reaction, but he doesn't say
1: anything. She clears her throat and reads with some emotion.
0: I swive, that means fuck, as well as others do. I'm young, yet not deformed. My tender heart, sincere and true, deserves not to be scorned. Why, Phyllis, then, why will you swive, fuck, with forty lovers more? Can I, said she, with nature strive? Alas, I am a whore. Were all my body larded o'er with darts of love so thick That you might find in every pore a well-stuck standing prick Whilst yet my eyes alone were free My heart would never doubt In amorous rage and ecstasy to wish those
3: eyes fucked out
2: In the interest of full disclosure, I told her about that poem Oh, really? Yeah
0: That's a funny topic to bring up while tutoring a minor.
2: I'm aware of that.
0: Care to explain in the interest of full disclosure?
2: I wrote a paper about it in college. It had to do with interpreting the poem from Phyllis's point of view.
0: Phyllis the whore.
2: Interpreting her response as a way to empower herself over the men who want her. Using them for sex and then discarding them. The narrator wants to make her his lover, but she turns him into a sex toy. The dart of love. It's the kind of bullshit you write as a sophomore when you're pulling in all night or the day before the paper's due.
0: And apparently you thought it was worth sharing with my daughter while sitting alone with her in her bedroom.
2: She brought it up. Alternate views of that kind of behavior.
0: Why would she bring that up to you?
2: I don't know. You might say it was an intellectual interest of hers.
0: Michelle doesn't look very convinced, but she chooses a new tactic. What's interesting is that Jessica didn't tell me any of that. In fact, when I showed this to her, she immediately denied it was hers, which was rather inept, since I know her handwriting. When was that? This morning. It was very much one of those get-off-my-back, mom, kinds of conversations. She
2: obviously felt embarrassed.
0: I wasn't trying to accuse her of anything. Really? I just wanted to understand. I, I wanted to understand why she'd be so taken with something like this that she'd write it down and carry it around with her. I don't know. Regardless, What this confirms to me is that Jessica is not the person I once thought she was. There's a whole side to her that I am just now beginning to discover. And I want to know
3: about it. I want to know everything.
2: Don't you think there are some things parents shouldn't know about their children? Of
0: course. But aren't some things too fundamental not to know? Aren't some things so vital to a person's life that not knowing them means not knowing the person at all?
3: So, so then what? Spend all day making projections?
2: Hypothesis.
3: Hopeless, pointless projections.
0: I have what you might call a circumscribed relationship with my daughter. We have to interpret each other through glances, pauses in speech, the way a shoulder is set. When we talk to one another, we don't really speak. We, we imply, we equivocate, we pretend. For God's sake, just...
2: Talk to her. It's
0: not that simple. What do you
2: mean? You just do it.
0: I can't.
2: Why? What the hell happened between you?
0: I don't know why. I, I don't know. Why do we turn out the way we do? My, my mother didn't give me this. My father inflicted that. I don't know. I'll never know. It was an accident. It wasn't an accident. It was my fault. It was hers. There's no etiology. There's no chain of events. You want a story. I'll tell you a story. It's a story. We make it up. The only thing I know is that we always fail. Parents always. We'll always fuck it up. One generation
3: to the next, the sins go on. We're never good enough for our children. We're never enough. Do you... Who can
2: you talk to about this?
1: Michelle shakes her head, or maybe shrugs nobody. He thinks for a moment.
2: I think she needs separation. She needs secrets. This is her way of saying that.
0: You're competent about that? Yeah. Well, it might be true, but tonight I can go around that. I can sidestep the incomprehension and the pretense, and even though I can't go directly to the source, maybe I can do one better. I can go to you, who have made contact with her in ways I have not. And through you, maybe I can finally figure out what's really going on inside that head of hers. Suddenly,
1: Eric looks like he's about to laugh at her.
2: You really want to know what she says to me?
1: Michelle doesn't say anything.
2: She says she knew you'd end up divorced a year before the fights even started. She says you live here to punish yourself. She says you act like she's your therapist. She's got you all figured out.
0: When she goes with Crystal on Fridays, where do they go?
2: Friends. They drink.
0: Of course they drink. I'm not an idiot. And
2: they smoke a lot of weed.
0: What the fuck are you talking about? A lot. No, they don't. I think
2: she said her hit record was like 42 seconds. God
0: damn it, would you be serious? She
2: likes the Visine Ultra itchy eyedrops over the original because the redness isn't usually an issue for her. Fine, so. Eric,
0: you want to be like that? Let's talk about your text messages. I thought
2: you wanted to hear about Jessica. Let's
0: talk about your text messages. The tenor of the conversation turns.
2: What about them? You
0: have each other's phone numbers, don't you?
2: Yeah, for scheduling. That's all? That's all.
0: Perhaps those messages could give us more information about the nature of your relationship. Perhaps they'd even tell us where she might be tonight.
2: I'm afraid they don't.
0: What if I told you I read them? What if I told you I read them?
2: I guess that would make you a nosy mother.
1: Michelle takes out the stapled pages she was reading at the beginning. Eric looks like he's about to throw up.
0: Don't worry. These aren't her text messages, but they're almost as good. Time stamps. Senders and recipients. Data points. And from these data points, we can begin to suss things out, as you like to say. You're a
2: horrible person. I am
0: just curious.
2: I've never said that to anyone in my life, but I'm saying it now, and I mean it sincerely. You're horrible. On July 23rd,
0: 1800 hours, Jessica sends a text to 818-974-7344. That's your number. You respond at 1823. She responds at 1828, scheduling, like you said. On July 27th, 1356, you send a text message to her. She responds at 1401, et cetera. The pattern repeats. One or two here, there, four there. August 2nd, when you had to cancel. You're
2: unbelievable. The pattern
0: continues until August 18th, when you might say we have the first rumblings of something. Seven, eight in a day. Three days later, nine sent back and forth within an hour. They start arriving later at night. On and on. Eric is up and pacing. On it goes until, wow, 13. Teen in a 24-hour period, including several in the wee hours of the morning. You know, you're pathetic. But now we get pictures. Yes, pictures, Eric. The log from the phone company tells me when photographic images were sent. And that's when it really gets interesting. Why? Would you send pictures to each other at all?
2: Sometimes when she can't do a math problem, she takes a picture of it and she sends it to me and I help her figure it out. And that sounds eminently plausible. Wonderful! But it
0: would be nice to verify that because unfortunately the log doesn't give me the pictures, but rather only file names. Zero, one, two, three, five, seven, one... JPEG, etc.
2: Oh, but don't let that stop you.
0: Well, when hell is over. Now, I don't have access to her phone, but you have access to yours. So all we have to do is pair the file names on the log to the images on your phone, and we'll be done with it. How
2: clever of you, Michelle. I
0: thank you. And so, if you have nothing to hide, then perhaps you wouldn't mind sharing your photos with me. I'd
2: be happy to. Lovely. But unfortunately, I deleted them. Well,
0: then it's a good thing I have her Google account. Enter the laptop.
1: She takes out a laptop from under the coffee table and sets it down on the surface, perhaps a little too enthusiastically. Eric seems very nervous as she types.
2: You already know what's on there. Why are you making a show of it?
0: Actually, I don't know what's on there. I only figured out her password right before you arrived. Appaloosa26, the same one she had when she rode horses in second grade. I didn't know she rode horses. Yes. A Palomino named Hermione and an Appaloosa named Luna Lovegood. Here we are. Eric is extremely nervous. Michelle scrolls through the page,
1: checking the photos. She frowns. Eric looks.
2: They're just selfies of her.
3: Hold on. Where are yours?
2: It's just endless selfies.
3: She deleted yours.
2: God fucking damn it. So many selfies. Shut
0: up. Here. September 1st. Okay. Look at it. She sent that to you.
2: I know she did. Look at it. I'm looking at it.
0: You think it's appropriate for a teenage girl to send a photo like that to her 25-year-old lummox of a tutor, making that kind of a face? What kind of face? With those eyes. Look at the way she's looking at you. The face she's making.
2: I think she just has that kind of face. What kind of face? The kind of face where you always have that kind of look like you're... What? I don't know. What
0: fucking face? I don't know. It, It doesn't matter. It's unquestionably suggestive. Now, I want to know what kind of image you sent
3: back to her.
2: I sent her a picture of my thumb. What? I sent her a picture of my thumb. Your thumb? Yeah. Why, for the love of Jesus, would you send her a picture of your thumb? I was giving her a thumbs up, you know? Like this.
1: He mimes taking a picture of his hand, giving a thumbs up. She looks at him like he's
2: crazy. Could I really be making this up right now?
0: You made up the story about the doorknob.
2: Okay, that's a good point.
0: Why didn't you use the thumbs-up emoji?
2: In retrospect, I probably should have used the thumbs-up emoji. So why didn't you? I don't know, Michelle. I really don't. Maybe it's because it was late and I was falling asleep and I wasn't thinking clearly. And
0: why were you texting her so late? This was at two in the morning. She
2: texted me. And you chose to respond. I shouldn't have. It was a mistake. Were you drinking? No. Fuck. Yes. Okay? Yes. Okay, yes, I was. It was late and I was tired and I was having a beer.
0: One beer will do that to you?
2: I'm a lightweight.
0: No kidding. What beer were you drinking? Why does it matter? Curious. Lagunitas. Thought you might say that. Eric the Tudor drinking Lagunitas, texting the hot student late at night. Oh my god. Eric, if you close your eyes and think a certain way, this is almost a game. A game. A game. game. Just play the game. The game of evidence. And when are you going to
2: give me some real fucking evidence? I've been giving you real evidence all night. Well, I think your evidence is shit. You're grasping at straws. I've given you plausible explanations for everything. I disagree. Because you're paranoid. Paranoid! Yeah, paranoid.
0: Nine out of ten mothers would have asked you exactly the same questions I have.
2: Oh, bullshit.
0: You are not a concerned mother and you never will be, so I don't know how you can have the slightest insight into what is or is not a reasonable suspicion. Of
2: course I have insight. Of course I have. How? Because I'm not a batshit crazy mother who's obsessed with her daughter's sex life. You don't understand because you're not a parent. Man, fuck you. That's the biggest crock of shit I've heard in my life. At least I don't see the world through some fucked up kaleidoscope of repressed guilt and out-of-control maternal instincts. And whenever fucking fumes are floating through the air of this fucked up, pretentious little gated community you decided to move it's to. It's not
0: pretentious. The
2: road past the gate is called San Maritz Drive. So? San Maritz Drive! Fucking what? We're not in Switzerland! There's hundreds of palm trees all over the place. Well, park.
0: Eric, I'm sorry I'm not hip enough for whatever east side shithole you decided to shack up in, but Good.
2: Because this whole fucking place is a perfect fucking metaphor for you and your fucked up, delusional little mind. You have no evidence against me.
0: I disagree. Well,
2: we've been beating around the bush all night. All fucking night. And all you've got is circumstantial evidence. Do you have a real case against me? Or not? You want my case? I love your fucking case. Okay. I'll give it to you.
0: Every piece of evidence. One by one. Try me. Fine. They both get ready for the showdown. Michelle stands, almost like a litigator. Exhibit A. Nerves. Whenever I mention you, whenever I bring up your name, Jessica flips her shit. We're talking no eye contact, a cracking voice, walking around the house
2: like a poodle with her tail between her legs. I can't control what your daughter thinks of me. Exhibit
0: B. The Secret Rendezvous at Dante's Vegan Ice Cream, newly opened at the Grove.
2: Oh, Christ.
0: Next, Eric the tutor's demonstrated interest in films about older men in sexual congress with minors. Now
2: I see why you're not a prosecutor. No,
0: Eric, I'm the judge and jury. Exhibit D. The trafficking of text messages between man and girl at all hours of the night, the contents of which include not one, not two, but perhaps half a dozen selfies and at least one thummy, most of which were deleted by both parties, once again suggesting guilt. By now, I think we've established that this relationship exceeded normal boundaries.
2: All circumstantial.
0: Oh, wait! Somehow the pornographic poem slipped to my mind. I
2: concede the pornographic poem. That was bad judgment.
0: Make that Exhibit E, but now we get to the goodies. Exhibit F. The window.
1: Eric looks at her, well aware of what she's talking about.
2: What about the window? The
0: window. The day you came. The day I was out of town patenting a new kind bar. My housekeeper, Vladenka, arrived at 4 p.m. You know Vladenka, don't you?
2: We've become acquainted.
0: Excellent. Now, Vladenka arrived at 4 But Jessica would not have expected this because Vladenka is a fanatical bridge player and never, ever, never misses her Monday game at 4 p.m. Except for that one day when it was canceled. She looks at him.
2: You can continue.
0: Continue, I will. On that very same day, I received a call on myself from the gardener who had been potting my new azaleas. At approximately 4 p.m., about the time when Vladenka would have been pulling into the driveway, the gardener noticed something funny. The window to Jessica's room was open, and two humanoid feet were sticking out of it. Then, a young man slid out and landed on his buttocks, fortunately for me, on the old azaleas that were about to be torn out and not the new ones. This young man then swore loudly before a backpack, presumably his, landed on his head. He then got up, looked around furtively, sprinted off down the street, and jumped into a green Toyota Yaris and drove off. That individual matched your description, as did the green yaris. I
2: think I see where you're going with this.
0: Good, because it's quite obvious. You were mid-coitus. The maid arrives, panic. There's not enough time to run out the door. What do we do, she cries. No time to think. You dress quickly, hands trembling. There's only one way to go. Out the window. Out the window and into my azaleas, bruising your ass on the way down. She Hmm. smiles triumphantly, brandishing Eric's coccyx cushion.
2: Well then. If the gardener saw me, there's no point denying I went out the window. Thank you. The rest of what you said is false. Try me. I was telling her about a class I took freshman year. It was with these two legendary professors, this husband and wife, who would debate each other in class and force us to take sides. The first day, we all file in and take our seats. And the wife goes over to the door and stands there like she's looking through it. And then the window slides open and the husband climbs in and looks at her and says... What the hell are you doing? And she says to him, I'm looking out the window. What the hell are you doing? And he says, I'm coming through the door. And for the rest of class, we fight it out. Pick a side. That's the door, and here's why. That's not a door, and here's why not. It was about using your mind as sharply as you could, finding your own answers. They wanted to see what we can do when we were thrown in the deep end and told to swim, when the person sitting across the table from you was saying that the wastebasket was now a bookshelf and the door was a window. And... At least for me, that's what college was all about. But of course, Jessica being Jessica, she didn't believe me. So I turned it around on her. I pointed to the window and I said, if you can't convince me that's not a door, I'm going through it. Why walk all the way to the front door when there's a perfectly good one sitting here with a straight shot to my car? So we argued about it. And of course, I didn't let her win. And when it was time to go, I went out the window. So no, the maid didn't spook me. In fact, the house is so
3: well insulated... I didn't even know that she had arrived. That was the seminar she was so excited about.
2: Yeah. That was the class.
1: Michelle goes over to the tray on the table and eats another carrot. She slumps down on the sofa.
0: Why can't I have that kind of conversation with her?
2: I don't think parents are meant to.
0: Why not? Aren't we ever allowed to dazzle them? I don't know. Sometimes I think she's the only reason I get out of bed in the morning.
2: How do you think she feels about that?
0: Michelle doesn't know how to answer. She changes the subject. Well, at least your parents' 50,000 a year was well spent, wasn't it? The most transcendental experience I ever had with a teacher was when Mrs. Laverne would tell us to center our chi before every algebra test. You're a lucky little boy. And I know you're itching to direct Avengers 37, but if you decided to stay in the tutoring game a little longer, there are plenty of kids who would turn out
1: better for it. He smiles. Probably because it's the nicest thing she's said to him all night. She smiles back. He shakes his head.
2: I can't get out of this job fast enough. Why? Because it's suffocating.
0: Better than waiting tables like I did. Not everyone gets to direct... The Avengers... Stop talking
2: about the Avengers. That's not what I came here to do.
0: Then what did you come out here to do?
2: I don't know. Make something worthwhile? Not just make fucking comic book movies? Can't I put some heart and soul into something? No. Why not?
0: Because the people in that industry have no hearts and souls. You don't know that. My daughter goes to private school with her children. They have no hearts and souls. They have stomachs and genitalia.
2: Okay, Michelle.
0: How long before you apply to
3: law school? Oh, sorry, that was nasty. I'm trying to break the habit, sorry. It's okay. She yawns and
1: stretches
0: out on the couch. Well, I wish you the best, kid. But I think upon closer inspection, a lot of what's coming out of your mouth right now Won't make any sense.
3: You're probably right.
1: He sits there, kneading his forehead.
2: It's been three years since college, and I still don't have an agent. Poor baby. You have to have an agent to get anywhere.
0: Aren't you supposed to be making YouTube videos with an Apple Watch and a bottle cap or something? I don't see why tutoring is so suffocating. Opening up young people's minds, teaching them about doors and windows...
2: If all my students were like Jessica, it would be a different story.
0: What are your students like?
2: They're the biggest fucking fuck-ups I've ever met in my life. And they're dumb as shit.
0: You know what your problem is? No adult relationships. No wisdom from people like me who know what they're talking about. You spend all day with these feral adolescents, and then whenever you interact with an adult, it's buried beneath a mountain of professional bullshit. There's no opportunity for real dialogue.
2: At least you made an effort tonight.
0: She smiles. His remark was sincere. Listen, if I could give you one piece of advice... Well... I know you've probably never felt mediocre in your entire life till now. Guess what? We are all mediocre. We're all in the big, fat middle of the bell curve your accomplishments don't matter, your failures don't matter. You're not going to change anything in this world. The only thing that matters at the end of the day is what your relationships are like with the people you're supposed to love. That's
3: it. You're right.
2: Yeah, you're probably- Because
3: what if you're not good enough? What if you don't have what it takes?
0: You get out of bed every day, year after year, putting everything you've got into making it, clawing your way there.
3: What if you fail- I hope you've got another reason to get out of bed. This might be presumptuous
2: of me, but perhaps I could give you a piece of advice, too. Follow your own advice.
0: She smiles. Just because I'm a hypocrite doesn't mean I'm wrong.
2: No, it just means you're a hypocrite. It's good advice. You should follow it. I think Jessica would really benefit. Do you? I do. You're always trying to extrapolate from whatever signs you think you're seeing. The problem is, you think you can extrapolate it all.
3: What else could I do? Be her mother. I am. You exploit her.
2: She doesn't want to be the reason you get out of bed in the morning. She's sick of it. No wonder she doesn't tell you anything. She's desperate to have some part of her life for herself. She tells you this? Of course she tells me this. Who else is she going to tell it to? You know nothing about her. You know nothing. And it's not because it's impossible. It's because you make it that way.
0: I make it that
2: way. You make it that way. You praise her when she succeeds. You shame her when she fails. I work with your daughter once a week for three months, and I already know more about her than you do. I actually have a relationship with her. She confides in me.
0: She confides in you.
2: Yeah. And until you respond to her, until you look her in the eye and speak with her honestly and take her hand in yours, she's going to continue latching on to people like me until she finds someone she can trust. I mean, come on, for once in your life, have a real conversation with her. What are you so afraid you'll hear?
1: I'm afraid I'll hear what you did to her. She might be crying a little, Eric's words having cut deeper than he intended.
0: I think the best fabrications are truthful right up until the point where they can't be. It allows them to slip easily into the rest of the story. I'm sure you'd agree. Why? Because you're good at it. You're the best. You almost had me convinced that my proof wasn't really proof. You had me wanting to believe you badly. Michelle. You've so successfully buried it away, you act as if it never happened, but it did. It did happen, and there are consequences, and those consequences are going to ripple throughout my daughter's life. You did this to her. Michelle, you have to believe me. You were grooming her. You paraded around your diploma, your ridiculous seminar. That's not
2: what I was doing at all. The philosopher
0: king, the prince who visits from the tail of the bell. Enough of this bullshit. Michelle. It was textbook predation. All of it. Fine, you didn't fuck her that time, but what about the second?
2: What second time?
0: The second time I was out of town. The second Time you were alone with her. The second time. The critical time. Two weeks after the first.
2: We didn't do anything. The housekeeper
0: was here. She left at three when you were supposed to leave two. And your next appointment was ten minutes away at Jill Freeman's house. I confirmed that with her. She's a friend. Your appointment was at her house ten minutes away immediately after.
2: I know it was. She said
0: you were over an hour
3: late. Eric? I have no interest in publicly humiliating you. Then what do you want? To know. I only want to know.
2: There's nothing to know. Did she
3: make advances on you? No. Did
0: you make advances on her? No. But you do have feelings for her, do you not?
2: Not those kind of feelings.
0: If this were some alternate universe where there were no taboos on things like that, you'd take her, right? Why would you even think of asking that kind of question? Because it helps us explain what's going on in the present. Now, if this were some alternate reality where sex was condoned, where no one had any problems with these kinds of things, you and she would do it right on the table, right in front of me. You've lost it. You'd do it right on the table. You'd fuck her. It's so patently obvious you would. But you'll never
2: know. You will never know what goes on inside my head or hers. One
0: last
1: exhibit, one last bit of proof. She takes out the log from the cell phone company again. A few weeks
0: later, just a few days ago actually, a series of messages between the two of you. Then she calls somewhere else. 323-486-6743. It's a clinic. She called that number and then she called you back. So I think we both know where she probably is right now.
2: I'm going to ask you for the last time, for the good of your daughter, drop this. They'll
0: be able to establish paternity.
2: I won't take a test. Yes, you will. Why would I ever do that?
0: Because you'll have to, because Jessica has not, in fact, reached the age of consent.
2: You said her birthday was in July.
1: Jessica skipped fifth grade. Eric stands there looking at her,
3: not sure whether to sit or stand. This is my proposal. Tell me the truth. Tell me what she
0: did with you and I won't press charges. I am not interested in using legal technicalities to
3: ruin a young person's life, but I do want to know. Now what? Every detail. Everything I could never ask her. I want to know what it was
0: like. I want to know what she did. What she said to you, what she whispered in your ear, how she looked at you, I want to know exactly. I want to know who she really is. Tell me and we're done. Eric looks
1: around the tasteless house, the tray of food, the books on the shelves, trying to make a decision. Running through his inadequate options, and perhaps understanding that for the first time in his life, he is truly alone and without guidance from anyone he turns to her.
3: What if I did it?
2: What if it happened? What if she looked at me and put her hand on my skin and held it there and said, this is who I am. This is who I am. Let me be who I am. Let me be it. I don't want to hide it. I don't want you to hide it. What if she locked the door?
3: Would you know her then?
2: Would that satisfy you? Is that what she did? What if it was? Did she do it? What if she did? Did she? What if she did? Or What if it was this? What if I walked into her room and she was crying? What if she said it was a boy in her class? It happened at a party three weeks ago. They were drunk. She just found out, said I was the only person she could talk to. Said you could never know because she was afraid of you, that you'd judge her.
3: What if I helped her find a clinic? She begged me not to tell you.
2: And you made me break my promise to her. You ruined it. My first real promise to another person
3: that meant anything. What if that's what happened? What if you're a liar?
2: What if I am? Press charges. Make me take a test.
0: This isn't a bluff.
2: You won't get what you're looking for. You want to know the things parents can't know about their children. What she says when she's alone, what she whispers in men's ears, what she really thinks you will never know. It is impossible to know. But if you confront her, if you humiliate her with this, you will lose her. You will lose your daughter. She won't forgive you. That is a certainty.
1: Michelle looks around at her house material things, knowing
3: it's time to give up. And if you were me, what would you do when she gets here? I'd ask her to forgive me. A
1: silence as Michelle thinks.
0: You have this child. You're watching her turn into a personality. You're watching that everything you do shapes her. As every word you say molds her into something new, you watch her mimic you, you're forming her completely, and then suddenly she achieves her own sense of self that's different from yours, separate, and suddenly you don't know her at all. You knew everything about her, and now you know nothing, and that unity you had with her is gone. Pause. She
3: looks very small. I think she'll be getting here soon. Do you want me to stay or go? I don't know yet. That's okay. We'll make do. She looks at the window, then
1: to him. A short moment of gratitude. Then she sits on the couch. Eric stands by the door. End of play. This has been a production of Play for Keeps. Thank you for joining us.